I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. Today I'm joined with Jake Jackman. Uh, we're discussing game round 46, um, obviously after the final games of the season. Uh, we want to say congratulations to Leeds United and West Brom who were promoted. Obviously we're going to discuss the playoffs um, and the teams within them and then the relegated sides. Uh, so let's get to it, Jake. And if you don't mind, we're going to go through every fixture and discuss the clubs at the same time. So do you want to start off with the game between Wigan and Fulham? What finished 1-1? Yeah, so it's obviously a good place to start. We've got teams um, at both ends of the table. Um, Wigan, obviously, unfortunately, um, are now in the, the bottom three, uh, pending a appeal which i believe they're going to go forward with uh, against their points deduction it is really unfortunate for them because they, they would have been as high as 13th um if they weren't given this um points deduction we obviously we've spoken about what's going on there and some of the rumors and and how it's it's all a bit weird it does seem like a, a fault of the efl to allow the ownership change and the impending administration so for them to be punished by the EFL, a body that has um, sort of played a part in in the situation, is a difficult one for, to swallow for them. But obviously, yeah, that's what happened. They played against Fulham. It was quite an open game. There was a chance at both ends. Wigan obviously took the lead. Um, looked like they were going to stay up, and then Niskins Cabano, we spoke about on the last podcast, produced another mm. incredible goal uh, to equalise it, and then it was. Um, Pretty pretty even from there on out. It was it was a bit like a basketball game from the bits I saw of this one. It was a chance at both ends. Wigan were really going for it. Fulham had a few chances. Um, Fulham could have could have jumped into third place if they would have got the win. Um, would have had an outside shot of the of the top two with a leading QPR to score against West Brom, which is a game we'll come on to later. But it was a really open game. Both teams are trying to win it. Um, draw probably a fair result, but yeah, it's. It's difficult um, to to not feel sorry for Wigan in this situation. Obviously, there's teams that have benefited because of it, but yeah, it's just difficult not to feel sorry for Wigan. But um, I think if you're judging their season, um, difficult to judge Wigan because <laughs> they've probably made big strides this season under Paul Cook. Um, a man he's going to definitely be, yeah. um, sought after. Obviously, we we thought they'd be possible for promotion, but yeah. Um, uh, relegation even and, and and they've sort of come on and done really well so quite happy um to see the development of the team um but yeah the, the administration thing sort of just clouds it um and then Fulham um I'll, I'll let you go on Wigan before we move on to Fulham 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Commiserations to Wigan. They don't deserve it. They'd established themselves in the you know second half of the season as a good championship team and, and proven with this result that you know they're, they're a match for anybody. And I think everybody feels sorry for them. They don't deserve to go down you know, any other season. And if, if you know, the, the chairman and took charge, then they'd be finishing just below halfway. And it, it is a complete shame. I mean, the, the only... The only good thing to come out of it is that there is an appeal. And, and secondly, if they do remain in League One, then I think, you know, that they are going to have a, a decent little squad there. But it's going to be a case of hanging on to those players, isn't it? So uh, And Paul Cook, like you mentioned. So, yes, uh, I think it's a case that, you know, <laughs> that we don't like to see this often. But And, and, and how it's happened to Wigan, you know, if, if they'd have had a, another point or so on the board that, that have stayed up but it's um, yeah it's such a shame but yeah you, you'll go back on to uh, Fulham Jake and, and discuss them yeah I think um, it's been a, it's, I think some people have judged um, Scott Parker a little bit unfairly this year I think that you look at the talent in their squad and maybe they should have been pushing for automatics a little bit more I mean they had a chance on the final day but they always seem to be a little um, a little bit um, off it throughout the season, um, dropping points where they perhaps shouldn't have done. Um, but yeah, to get into the playoffs, I think it was a good good season for Parker. Um, first full season in charge, um, first full season as a manager, and I think they've done pretty well. Um, we've seen how difficult it is to bounce back, even if you've got the money and the um, sort of quality within the squad, it is difficult. Just look at Stoke, um, sort of showing shoots of recovery now under um, O'Neill, but it's still... Um, been a long road for them and we've seen what can happen to Sunderland as well um so many other clubs so I think Sunderland's done really well to to get into the playoffs and I think looking at what's happening at Brentford they, they'll probably fancy their chances of going up through them uh, I'm sure we'll go come on to that a little bit later but yeah they've got just look at their squad uh, they've got so much talent I think Hector's been really good at the back um yeah Kearney's Kearney's been a little bit of a disappointment but um since the restart on him has been really good um been impressed with Harrison Reed didn't play yesterday obviously suspended but He's been really good. I think Mitrovic obviously guaranteed goals. We've spoken about that so many times. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think they've got they've, they've had a good season. Uh, I'm maybe disappointed they didn't challenge more, but it could have gone a lot worse. We've seen how it how it can do for for teams even with the the experience and money behind. Yeah, Fulham will be one of the favourites in the playoffs, and I know we're going to preview them um, later on, but. You know, Fulham unbeaten in six, um, only picking up two draws, four wins. Um, yes, they have been one of the form teams, and we know the playoffs are a lottery. But you know, if if you were going to pick a side, then I think a lot they will be a lot of people's favourites for going up this season. That takes us into Birmingham and Derby. Finished three-one to Derby. Um, funny season for both sides because if you go back to Christmas, they were probably both in a similar position in the table, uh, which was hovering over the relegation zone to the, the midway in the table. Um, and then from then, as we know, Derby County pushed on. Uh, they managed to get Wayne Rooney on board. Um, and I think Koku's had, you know, had a decent season and it's something that you can build on. Unfortunately, they've fallen short for whatever reason in this last, you know, three weeks. Um, they've, they've lost four out of the last five games and that, and that, win against Birmingham ended that um, but moving on to Birmingham yeah I really I fear for them going into the next season unless you know they're bringing a really established manager but um, they've been one of the worst sides and, and have only just avoided relegation haven't they um, so Birmingham City have, have been 
you know, lucky on a couple of occasions this last few seasons now. And yeah, going into next season at present, you know, I know there's going to be a transfer window and, and you know, an, an appointment of a manager on a permanent basis. Um, but for me, at this stage, I'd probably have them down as, as, as going down next season. I just, yeah, I, I can't see any um, good coming from them over the course of the next five to six months. But as we know, you know, it's, the seasons are long and hard and, and anything can happen. And I think going back to Derby, you know, anything can happen them. You know, I'm sure that they'll keep Koku on board and they have got a decent experienced and established side. So they'll be aiming for the playoffs next season. But then do you want to discuss uh, Brentford and Barnsley? Obviously a massive game, Jake. Talk us through that one. Yeah, I think this is a, the biggest game of yesterday, really, and what, what what it meant at both ends of the table. Um, Brentford, we've been so impressed with for the last few years. We've spoken them up so many times, and to think they needed to get uh, to take two points from their last two matches against Stoke and Barnsley to get the get promoted, and they haven't managed to do it, which is just incredible, really. Um, but then we've we've all well I've I know I've often spoken Barnsley up. I think I've spoken them up as, as far back as August really. I thought they were gonna do well in this team. Mm. I really liked um like the the sort of philosophy at the club, thought they they were making decisions in the right way. Um and it started really poorly, um, despite a, a good opening day win against Fulham and then they've been in the relegation zone pretty much all season. Um I think there's a crazy stat out there that they've been in a relegation zone since September. Um, Charlton have only been in the relegation zone once um, for a week um, and they were the ones going down and Barnsley staying up it's, it just shows how important timing is in this division but they brought in yep. Struber you can see the slow development under Struber there, there were some good early performances some big wins and some some moments of inconsistency but he's, he's totally revamped their style of play they're so heavy on the press and they're so um, fit now and we saw them in the last two weeks against Nottingham Forest uh, and against Brentford as well they're good value for those two wins um, and, it, and even going back a few weeks ago when they played Leeds they played really well in that game um, probably unlucky not to take anything from it so they've had a really good um, period since the restart and you think under Struber um, I think they could probably go on and, and become sort of a Brentford-like club in the coming years the way they make decisions it's, it's very similar um, so yep. it's sort of like Brentford playing against the younger version of themselves yesterday and it was, it was really interesting to watch that I think um, Barnsley got the win because Brentford were pushing up so high I think they had just managed four forwards on at one point and um, in in a normal week that probably would have ended as a one-all draw but yeah that's, that's the way it goes on the final day and they're a really good value and I think that this time next year we won't be talking about Barnsley as a relegation candidate um, I think they're going to be much better than that. So, um, yeah, big for them. Obviously, Brentford, we've seen this before. I think we, we made the comparisons to Fulham a few seasons ago before on this podcast, that how they went on that long winning run and then when the opportunity opened itself, they didn't take it. Um, and then Fulham went off and lost in the playoffs that year. So, I think this could be a similar one for Brentford. I, you know, if you'd have asked me three weeks ago, who would you fancy for the playoffs? I would have said Brentford because I wouldn't have thought West Brom would have dropped as many points as they would. Um, but they, of course, they did. And Brent, I think it's going to be difficult for Thomas Frank to pick them up now. Um, I think they're the best team in the playoffs. I think they're probably the second best team in the division. Um, I think they're probably better than West Brom. But it's, it's difficult to say that um, after the 
after what happened yesterday and West Brom went off. But I think yep. that, yeah, is it Brentford is it's going to be really tough if they don't get promotion this year. They really do deserve it. But I just I don't think I'll be tipping them for the playoffs. I think that this this disappointment over the last two games and they had two opportunities and they didn't take either of them. And will the players start to doubt themselves? I think I think they might. Yeah, you're right in what you say there. It's not often the team that finishes third that goes up via the playoffs. It's usually the one who's in form, isn't it? We all know that. And at the moment, it, you, you, you would be looking at Fulham or Cardiff, I believe. Um, but the problem is they play each other in the semi-final. So, yes, that'll be really interesting. But that takes me on to Bristol City and Preston, which finished 1-1. I think if you were going to pick a game that was going to finish in a draw, you probably would have... Um, consider this tie. Um, I really consider Bristol City and Preston to be on similar levels. You know, they've, they've both got a decent squad. I expect them both to be finishing in the top half. Both teams have done so, although Bristol City did finish 12th. Um, but up to only, what, four weeks ago, we, they were both really in with a shout of the playoffs. And for whatever reason, Preston and Bristol City, don't they, for you know three or four seasons now, have just fallen short of the playoffs and, and they've done so again. This time, Preston four points uh, behind six and Bristol City uh, seven points behind six. Um but the, the big question is, I know Bristol City are waiting a, a managerial appointment as well. And, and, and if they get the right man in, I really expect them to be aiming for top six next year. I just question whether Preston and Alex Neal, has Alex Neal taken, taken this team as, as far as he can now? Like, you know, I really like the guy. I think he's a great manager and he technically, in my eyes, is, is overachieving with, with the squad that he's got. So ninth place is, is not a bad you know, finish considering it's just, you know, he's, he's been there for a few years now and and does he deserve to go on to a, a, a slightly bigger club who, who could be push, who could be pushing top four in this division, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's that's my review of those two teams. But I think that this, yeah. the, the future still does look pretty bright for both of those. I, I think if, I, if I'm looking at it um, for next season, Bristol City are the ones that I think could push on. Yeah. Um, I think they've got a lot of... Uh, position in the squad they need to strengthen, but I think the infrastructure's there. Uh, I think I was reading this morning that Chris Hutton that they're they're heating up talks of him that they seem to have decided he's the right man. They're going for it. And if they get Chris Hutton in, um, I think they're only gonna get better. I think he 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 would instantly become one of the the best managers in this division. We know what he could do, and we said about it when when they decided to get rid of Lee Johnson. We said he would be the perfect man. And they've been around the houses, thought about different people. I've seen Stephen Gerrard, even Alex Neil. Was linked mm-hmm. before he was asked about it yesterday, but it looks like it's going to be Chris Hewitt. So if that does happen, obviously a big, big appointment for them. And I think that they're a club that we'll be talking about as, as if not top six next season, definitely the one after that. Um, we saw how quickly he did it at Brighton, and it, it seems like a very similar place that he's picking up this Bristol City team. So he has the experience. Yeah, I agree. They couldn't really get a better man. So if he gets appointed, then I'd certainly expect them as top six contenders next season. Do you want to discuss then the Cardiff 3 Hall City nil uh, fixture, Jake? Yeah, it's been a quite a good week for um, for me and my predictions. Um, sort of, I think you did as well when we came back after the restart. We both talked up Cardiff uh, as a team to yeah. get to the playoffs. I uh, can't quite remember where they were, but I think they were... Eighth or ninth, so they're a little way off it, but they've been really good since the restart. Um, if you look at the form over the last six games, they're they're in the top six and won four of their last six. 
Um, they obviously got big wins over Leeds um, on the first game back, and and they've shown um, that they can they can beat the big teams. I see that that big game is um, Derby a few weeks ago that they they won two one, and that was at a point where Derby might have been pushing into the playoffs. So it was sort of like a playoff game in itself that one. So they've been really good. Impressed with uh, Harris. Think he's done a good job. Um, sort of the when Millwall decided to sack him, it's sort of one of those managerial um, merry-go-round things that worked out for everybody involved. Millwall obviously got better under Gary Rowett. Harris has obviously got a bigger job and Cardiff have benefited from it as well. So it's one of those decisions that, that works out well for everybody, which is always nice to see when it happens. I think they've been playing well, got a lot of experience in that team. They've obviously, like, I mean, we talk about Fulham and their quality, but it's forgotten about that Cardiff actually finished above uh, Fulham last season in the Premier League. Fulham also, uh, Cardiff have also got um, a lot of players who have experience of going up um, from this division before and have recent Premier League experience. Um, yeah, I think that for them, um, they're, they're going into the first of a really good chance of, of getting through them. And uh, that game against Fulham, um, very difficult, but they've got every chance. Um, I think they play a style that's quite good to play in the top teams. They don't mind giving up possession. They, they'll try to be physical. They'll try to throw from set pieces. Uh, Sean Morrison got a goal yesterday. They've obviously got uh, Aiden Flint as well. Um, Lee yeah. Tomlin seems to be getting back to the player that we know he can be in this division. Uh, eight goals, 10 assists this season. Very good return for him. So, yeah, I think that they're looking in a really good spot. Um, I'm not surprised that they did get in the top six in the end. Slightly surprised they weren't challenging more throughout the season, but they got there in the end. Maybe a bit of a relegation hangover. Um, obviously, the managerial change as well, but it's a really good season for Cardiff, probably what they hoped and expected. So, yeah, really good for them. Um, and for Hull, yeah, I think the less said about Hull, the better. We've covered it <laughs> probably. the last few weeks. Um, not surprised to see them leave the Championship. They seem to, it seems like the owner, owners have been trying to make that happen for a while with the, the players they've been selling and, and the, mm. the sort of way they were managing the club. Um, Nigel Adkins did such a good job last season, but he obviously didn't. He, he saw the way it was going. Bowen and Grisicki left in January with the, the owners obviously believing they had enough to stay up regardless. They didn't. Uh, and if you just look at the table now, the way it finished, it, yeah, it's really not um, good reading for um, for the whole city owners or whole city supporters. And I think there's going to be a lot more um, to come out of this in the coming weeks. Grant McCann, don't know if he's going to stay around. Don't think it's been a Good, good, good 2020 for him. He obviously did okay when he had Bone and Grisicki, but when all the pieces were falling out beneath him, it, it was a it was an impossible job. Um, and yeah, it's a difficult one. They could Hull conceded 87 goals this season. Um, yeah, it's not good. That's not good at all. And I'd imagine the majority of those came in this year. So yeah, difficult one for them. Yep. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing them back at this level anytime soon. I agree with you. I think it'll be a long wait before they return to the championship. That takes me on to Leeds' 4-0 victory against Charlton. Interesting game. As we know, Leeds were already promoted and Charlton went down as a consequence. Uh, You know, feel sorry for Charlton. You've said it already. They've only spent a week or two actually in the relegation zone this term. And they've been quite entertaining. As we know, you know, uh, the likes of Lyle Taylor and a couple of others didn't play and, and help Bowyer in, in the remaining games. And, and I thought until last week, actually, that Charlton probably were going to 
stay up, but I think there's good foundations there, and I think they'll fare well in League One um, next season. You know, they've got a lot of experience in that division now, and you know, the, as we know, they were, they were borderline staying in this division. So if if they can recruit, you know, a, a couple of young, hung, hungry, talented players in, you know. At, at League One level, then I, f- I think they'll be absolutely fine. In terms of Leeds, it's, it's quite the opposite. You know, they're going up to the Premier League now and and they could have taken the foot off the gas against Charlton, you know, um, but they did quite the opposite. It was, they was absolutely unbelievable on the night. You know, we talk about the effect Bielsa has in terms of attacking football and one-touch football and getting forward quickly. Uh, Leeds did just that and they proved why they, you know, just in that game alone, why they are um, the number one team in this division and, and finished uh, 10 points above West Brom in the end, which I wouldn't have thought would have happened only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but going into the Premier League, um I think that they will fare well. The, the only problem or you know thing that's niggling me at the minute is that Leeds United, I believe, are going to have to work, have to learn how to pick up points ugly next season. Like we, we, we you look at Norwich and you look at Aston Villa at the moment. Who I know Norwich are down. Aston Villa could go down. Both teams can play really good attacking football. And then you look at Sheffield United, who they know how to pick up points by playing dirty is not the correct word, but like say being solid, not, you know, learning when to attack at the right time and defend at the right time. That's the only issue I've got with Leeds going into the Premier League. I do think they'll stay up, although, you know, it's, it's going to be so difficult as we know. Um, and, and they probably do need to recruit a couple of defenders in, in over, over the summer uh, months. Um, but yes, going into the division, it's going to be great having, Leeds United back in the Premier League. It's always good to have a big club back in there. And not only that, with Bielsa as manager as well, it's only going to um, look good for the division and, you know, the South American followers, if you like. So, um, yes, um, as, a, as a Wednesday fan, it's difficult for me to say that. I'm pleased Leeds United have gone up, but the number one in the division for a reason. The league table never lies. I keep saying that week in, week out, and they, they deserve to be there on, on this occasion. Uh, so, yeah, that takes us into the next game, which was another biggie. Uh, Luton's 3-2 win against Blackburn, Jake. What's your thoughts and feelings after that one? Yeah, this is this is obviously a huge game. Um, like, um, like Struber at Barnsley, Nathan Jones has come in and done an excellent job at, at Luton for for a second time. Um, I think he had a bit to pay back to the supporters after the way he left the club last year. But I think that from everything that I've read today, comments from, from fans and owners and Nathan Jones himself, it seems that the, that debt has been repaid um, and that they can move on together, which is, which is a positive thing. He's a really good young manager. Didn't quite work out at Stoke, but you can see that he's such a, such a good fit for Luton. Sort of reminds me of when Eddie Howe went to Burnley from Bournemouth didn't quite work out and he came back and managed to you know rebuild things at, at Bournemouth and then go on and take the club to a new level and I wouldn't be surprised to see um Nathan Jones do something similar I think I wouldn't I wouldn't at any point think that they'd get to the Premier League in the, in the next few years I think they don't quite have the, the the backing that Bournemouth did um but I think that they're in a strong position um and I think that players will want to come and play for Nathan Jones and I think that Last summer, their recruitment was slightly off because they they brought in players that maybe didn't fit in um, to the style that that Jones liked that that fast um, attacking football. And I think that this summer you'll see a, a move back to that, and it will sort of be like 
they're a newly promoted team again in, in an extent because they didn't have their manager last season. They, they changed approach, tried to become a little bit more solid um, and moved away from those ideals that got them up to the championship in the first place. And I think that this year they'll have that summer that they probably should have had last year with, with the right type of manager in charge. And it'll be really interesting how that goes. They've obviously done incredible things to stay up. I think on our pre-season predictions, we, we all have them going down. Um, so for the, for them to stay up, uh, huge for them, a uh, great achievement. And to come back after lockdown as well and to, to perform like they have done, um, incredible. Slightly odd on the last day, they I think they scored three goals by only having one shot on target, um, two overs. But <laughs> yeah. I think that's the way it goes sometimes for um, on the final day. If if the football gods say that you're staying up, they will find a way to make sure that happens. They obviously had a nerve or, nervy ending to the game, but um, yeah, I think they deserved it. Um, and just looking at their season on the whole, conceded 82 goals, um, second only to Hull. So they're going to have to work on things. But I think with Nathan Jones, that we're going to see big improvements from, from Luton next season. Um, and on Blackburn, obviously, I think a top half finish is probably fair for them. Um, they're continuing to develop under Tony Mowbray, but you've got to think at some point, are they going to make that next step? They obviously spent a lot of um, money in the last few years. Ben Brereton coming in. Sam Gallagher, neither of them have really um, taken it on, really. They need to be a little bit better in the market. Um, but another goal for Adam Armstrong, and I think Adam Armstrong is going to be a player we're talking about a lot next season. If he manages to stay at Blackburn um, and then that comes back from injury, they'll have a good forward line to build off. So, yeah, I think that good season for Blackburn, but they're sort of in a similar boat now as Bristol City and Preston. Are they going to kick on? That's, that's the next thing for them. And like a bit like you said about Alex Neal, I think that Tony Mowbray, maybe this is the limit of what you can do with Blackburn. Um, so they're an interesting one to follow, but I think that um, we've had a good season and Luton, obviously, very good season. Yep, they have. Um, that takes me to Millwall and Huddersfield, finished 4-1 to uh, Millwall on the night. Um, I'll start with Millwall, finished eighth overall. I think that, you know, they're more consistent now over uh, or with Gary Rowett, should I say, you know, at the beginning of the season, they were hovering around that halfway mark. There's been times where we thought they could have pushed for the playoffs. And I think, yeah, they, they, we've said a few times that they've been a bit of a dark horse and they could be a dark horse again next season if they manage to keep their uh, better players, the likes of Jed Wallace. Uh, we know that Conor Mahoney had a great game also against Huddersfield, bagging a goal and, and gaining to assist also. Uh, so, yeah, I think Gary Wyatt so far, you've got to give him a pat on the back because what he's done, even though they did just finish a couple of points outside the playoffs, it's it's started the building process. And I think uh, by next term, they could give it a really, really good go for that that top six. Um, in terms of Huddersfield, it's difficult to say. We touched them on, on them uh, last week because obviously uh, Danny Cowley losing his job and it looks like uh, Carlos from Leeds is, is going to be taking that position, even though I don't believe that's finalised just yet. So Huddersfield are in a bit of a transition period. Um, if they can keep the better players like Carlin Grant, you know, he scored bags of goals this season, you know, they might be okay. He's, he's scored uh, 19 goals, but there's probably going to be a few teams hovering around him um, but ultimately Huddersfield will just be pleased that they've stayed up you know uh, I said last week that they were sat 24 for a long time the first couple of months in this division and and they've clawed the way out you know slowly but surely finished 19th 
And I think, yeah, that's just right here, right now is just where they wanted to be. Um, you know, they're going to have five or six weeks to prepare, get a manager in, um, regroup and, and go again. And, and I'm not saying that next season is going to be bright for them because I think they might struggle a little bit as well, whoever they bring in as a manager. Um, but, you know, if they can push to about halfway next season and, and build from there, then then so be it. Uh, but yeah, that takes us into the next game, Jake. So do you want to discuss another huge game on the night, which was Nottingham Forest defeat 4-1 at home to Stoke City? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, this is this is sort of like the, the opposite to Barnsley, whereas Barnsley spent all their, pretty much all season in the relegation zone, not in Forest, spent pretty much the whole season in the playoffs and to fall out on the last day. Yeah. It is it is extraordinary. Um, on goal difference as well. Um, if you look back at their last last six matches, took three points from their last six matches. Like it was a, it wasn't the type of form you wanted to take into the playoffs and and to to sort to to lose it all on goal difference is is a huge disappointment for them. Um, so a lot of their fans saying this is sort of typical for us. Rather we did it now than in the playoffs. But yeah, it's a huge disappointment after all the praise Lamucci has received this year kind of loses it for, for the way it went over the last six. Um, to, you know, it, they had it sort of sewn up when they were beating Derby, con- conceded that late equaliser um, against 10 men, went, went and lost to, to Fulham in a, in a game they should have maybe done better in, sort of seeing it as a preparation for the playoffs. And drew to Preston, who haven't been great, drew to Swansea in a game that sort of kept Swansea, Swansea alive. Then losing to Barnsley and Stoke, two teams at the bottom of the table. It's really not a good run. Like if you'd have had to pick a last six games to, to sort of go into the playoffs with they're, they're quite nice fixtures and, and yep. didn't see it out. Um when we did the uh when we did um the last podcast, we I spoke about Swansea and I said they'll be looking at Forest as a team they can maybe catch. <laughs> I didn't think they would do it. I kept saying I didn't think they could, but I said it was a possibility and they would be going for goals. That's definitely how it ended up. <laughs> It's quite remarkable that we've seen that that switch around. Um, so yeah, I think you've got to say, following that, um, to to lose four one at home um, on the last day when you just need a point to to secure the playoffs is it, really bad. Um, especially when Stoke didn't really have a lot to play for themselves. So yeah, it's not great, and it's difficult to see how Lamucci comes back from this. Sort of similar to Gary Monk a few seasons ago at Leeds, when he had Leeds in the playoffs for so long and they fell out near the end. Uh, 
and finished seventh. It's sort of similar to that, and I can't see how Lamucci comes back from this. It'd be such a difficult one to, to get back on board with the fans and the board and the players. It's it's a really poor end of the season for Forest. And based on those last six results, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. So I guess maybe their their arrogance in in their position played out the way it should do, really, with a team. Who were, who were doing everything to get into playoffs, managing to get there. Um, Stoke, obviously, we've spoken about them a lot this year. Um, they've they've been in the relegation zone for long periods, didn't quite work out under Nathan Jones, but Michael O'Neill's done they've quite a good job since he came in. Look at their last six games, they've got four wins and a draw, one loss, which was 5 nil against Leeds, that can happen to anybody. Um, so yeah, they've, they had a really good finish. Um, last two games, beating Brentford and Nottingham Forest, two teams that were in the top six for the the entirety of the season will give them a bit of confidence going into next year and maybe they'll be one that we'll be talking about as a top half team next year so I think disappointing season for Stoke but they're a shoot of recovery so I'd rather be in their position going into next year especially if it comes around so quickly than I would be in Nottingham Forest position let's put it that way yeah for sure um, that takes me into the game um, where Swansea pit them so Reading won Swansea four and as you've said already Swansea then took six spots uh, the final playoff spot overtaking Nottingham Forest Swansea in many ways they, they deserve it um, they've won five, uh, four out of the last six games uh, we, we talked a lot about Steve Cooper last week and how they were at the top of the table for the first few months in this division and, and they've done really well and, and we've already discussed all the players that they've managed to bring in and, and the future does look really well for Swansea I'm not saying that they're going to go up via the playoffs this time, uh, but based on form, they're certainly evenly matched with Brentford and they're going to give them a run for the money. So that is going to be hell of a fixture and interesting. And I know we're going to preview and predict that one, but um, yeah, it, it'll be good to see Swansea in the playoffs. I really think that, you know, they've been hovering around there all season and I know it's at not, Nottingham Forest expense, but um yeah, they'll they'll give any team a, a good run for the money, you know. Um, I think he's I think he's done really well, Steve Cooper, and he's in my eyes um, done a lot better than I thought he would. Um, but then discussing Reading, um, you know what? It's a difficult one to discuss Reading because I never know what to expect of them. I really look at QPR and Reading as two sides where I know they can beat anybody on the day, but they can also get smashed as well. So it's you know. A 15th place finish for Reading overall is is quite commendable, if I'm honest. I think they've shown at times this season that they are good enough to finish in the top half, but then they've also shown signs that they could be hovering over the relegation zone next season. I'm not really sure where they go from here. I don't expect that they've got too much money to spend. I thought like um, the likes of... George Puskas and Lucas Shaw would have scored more goals in this division. Um, they should have been, you know, at, at least scoring 15 goals each. Um, and and I don't think quite done that. I'm not sure about Puskas actually, but I don't think he's managed to hit 15. Um, so, yeah, Reading are a team that, for me, could really go either way next, next season. They could be an underdog and finish in the top half, pushing playoffs, um, but they could also be hovering over that 22nd mark. Um, so, yeah, a process for Bowen to work out what he's going to do over the next six weeks. But all in all, like I've already said, um, I think they've been entertaining this season. There's There's been many games where, you know, it's been 3-2, 4-3, and, and, and that's just the type of... Um, 
Team Reading are, it's just finding more consistency. Um, and they've lost the last three in a row as well. So otherwise, they probably would have been pushing top half this season. Uh, but that takes us into the next game, Jake, uh, which is West Brom against QPR. What did you think about that one? Yeah, um, I, this is a game I mainly watched yesterday. And it was quite a quite an entertaining watch. I thought West Brom, um, probably the better team. Um, but QPR just showed again how dangerous they can be. And we said, we said a lot in the previews that if they didn't get that first goal, West Brom, which they didn't, it was going to be a difficult afternoon, uh, evening for them. And it was. <laughs> that first goal was so important. And when they managed to get it up to 2-1, I thought they'd kick on and get a third and a fourth. But then Ibiraeze, maybe the last time we talk about him on this show, went on and did what he does. And it was an incredible yeah. goal. Um, just showed what QPR can do to teams this year. Um, it was quite nervy at the end for West Brom. They were, putting Bartley up front for a little bit and then bringing him back when the, the Barnsley goal went in. It was, a, you know, at the end, either team could have won it. Um, it's it a bit bit like the, the Barnsley-Brentford um, game. I think if, if that Barnsley goal hadn't gone in, I think that maybe we would, we would have seen another goal in this game. But yeah, West Brom, can't can't argue with them going up. They've, they were a team that have been very consistent. Seven losses in a 46-game season doesn't matter who you are that's an incredible record um 17 draws hampered them and made it a little bit more nervy than it should have been but um and we've seen that in the the running as well three draws in their last four games they they really limped over the line but they they got over the line and that's what you have to do um so i think village did a very good job definitely took them on from last season i think it's forgotten about that they lost dwight gale who was their top scorer last year um so he had a bit of a rebuilding to do. He's brought in some good players. Pereira's been been really good. Diane Garner, um, another good player this year. Um, so yeah, I think they've got a few issues to resolve. I think that when you compare them to Leeds, I think I, I can see West Brom being much more in the relegation zone in the Premier League. And I, I'm, I'm not certain that I can see them staying up there, um, especially if they lose Diane Garner back to West Ham. It's going to be a difficult one for them. But um, really good, good to see them um, go back up for their fans. It was, Good to see Bilic, you know, come into this division and, and do well in it. Um, and yeah, the, the seven losses just shows that what we say on this podcast, he's, he's trying to avoid draws. West Brom has sort of given a counter argument to that one this season. So yeah, good, mm. good, to, well deserved. You know, at the, at the end of the 46 game season, whoever's in that, that those top two places deserve it. Um, there was always going to be twists and turns along the way, but yeah, they, they've got back up and. They will be excited to be back in the Premier League. Um, moving to QPR, I don't think we can just copy and paste what you said about Reading with QPR. Although I think that QPR are going to lose a few more of their players. I can see Eze going. Um, I think Osari Samuel's been linked away. Um, they've had a good season. Um, I think Mark Warburton will have learned a lot. It's been a good, steady first year back uh, at this level for him. I think they'll want to improve their defence a lot. Um, you can see 76 goals is, is not good enough. Um, third worst defence in the league but they're so entertaining to watch and I think that um, they, they, they're they one that, that will probably be in a similar position maybe a little bit lower next year if they, they lose key players and don't replace them but to get that money coming into Eze which is probably going to come in um, crucial at a time like this with the, the financial situation of, of the league and, and the world so yeah I think that be interesting to see how their summer goes but it's been a, it's been a pretty good season for them really um, so they'll be pretty pleased with it 
Yes, I think it has. I think if you look where they finished overall, um, QPR have, have, have done quite fine and, and probably been the most entertaining team actually this this season just because their games have been full of goals. That takes me on to Sheffield Wednesday against Middlesbrough. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday losing 2-1 on the night. I'll start with Middlesbrough. Um, they obviously made the, the, the right change when they sacked Woodgate and brought in um, Neil Warnock. That's all I can say really about Middlesbrough is that we know all season they've been underachieving. I always said they should have sacked Woodgate sooner than they did. I was probably saying it for a good nine months, wasn't I? Including obviously the um, the, the, the pandemic months. Um, but yeah, when they finally did, it's kind of proven that you know that they are a, a decent sign in this division. Uh, they've got some real good players. You know, Britta Sambalonga should be a player that's hitting. 18, 19, 20 goals in a season. Um, and the latest news is that it looks like Neil Warnock will be staying on till next season. Um, and I think if he does, it's only going to be good for the club. And and again, if he does stay on, he's he's going to be tipped to finish in the top half. And and you know, with with the players that he can probably attract, and you know, the we we know how well drilled Neil Warnock teams are they know they, you know they, I talked about winning ugly earlier on and and that's just what some Neil Warnock teams do he, he did it with Cardiff he got them to the Premier League and with Middlesbrough I'd expect them right now if I'm going to pick a team that's going to finish higher than they have this season it will be Middlesbrough as long as he stays in charge um so Yes, we talked a lot about this season, Woodgate and the players uh, bringing in a manager that's young who they can develop and giving them a chance. And they've done quite the opposite now, haven't they, by bringing in Warner? Because there's not many managers that are much older than him. So, uh, but it proves that the experience works. You know, is is the most successful manager in this division, I believe, with the amount of promotions that he's had. So I think, you know, next season will be good for Middlesbrough, like I say, as long as he's in charge. Sheffield Wednesday, obviously, they were sat third at Christmas, which seems crazy. Um, Now, you know, on the final day, finishing their lowest league position of the season, which is 17th. And we've got the EFL charge pending. Um, I'm sure that when, you know, the result of that, there will be an appeal and as a Wednesday fan and most Wednesday fans, we still don't know what division we're going to be playing in next season. They've finished eight points above the drop zone. So anything more than eight points in a deduction would see them go into League One. Um, that also means that, you know, is Gary Monk's job safe? They've been one of the worst teams in the you know 2020 calendar year in terms of form. Um, they've had a complete clear out loads of players have left include like Forestieri Fletch and Fox Hutchinson um so it's a case of where does Sheffield Wednesday go from here it's it's difficult to prepare and build ahead of next season without knowing what the division they're in and if they are going to be in league one then they're not going to attract the better players are they so um I really think that it's going to be a case of you know promoting youth signing players on a free or going down the loan market again especially with um the embargoes that Sheffield Wednesday have had and yeah as as a fan it was just so annoying to see Wednesday not finish about 12 to 15 points above that relegation zone pending the hearing um but overall, at Christmas, you would have said Sheffield Wednesday were on for a top six finish and, and playoffs. That was probably unrealistic at the start of the season. Um, 
you know, at, at the time Steve Bruce was there and there was good foundations in place. But since then, like I say, the turn of the year, it's been in many ways diabolical. And 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 if they do go down this season, I know they don't deserve it looking at the at the league table, but like I say, they have been one of the worst sides um since the start of the new decade basically uh but yes that's every team covered like I say congratulations to the team who managed to be promoted leeds united west brom and also the teams who successfully finished in the playoff positions uh that takes us into the previews and predictions for the playoffs jake so as a whole covering both legs do you want to talk me through swansea versus brentford and cardiff versus fulham yeah um big um big games you know we could we could um in the playoff final in a in a couple of weeks time we could see a a south wales derby or we could see a west london derby it's um yes yeah, uh, so either one of those i think would be would be a nice end of the championship season or a mixture of the two um we're not going to be picky but i think that if you look at who's the best team out of those four teams it's brentford um, they are the best team, but we talked about how difficult it is to bounce back from the disappointment of finishing third. Especially, it it maybe wouldn't have been so hard if if it if they would have won all their games following the restart. Then even that wasn't enough to go up. But because they had that opportunity, it makes it even harder to recover from. So, big job for Thomas Frank. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm even less confident because he didn't really get the reaction um, from the Stoke game to to the Barnsley game. So, um. It's going to be even tougher to get it now. Um, I think Swansea, and on the opposite side, Swansea are not not as good as a team as Brentford. Obviously finished um, 11 points behind them. But they have that huge, that, that huge wave of momentum to get into the playoffs the way they did. It's such an extraordinary way that they'll have so much momentum going, going from that game um, against um, Reading that you've got to give them a chance like if if you'd have asked me this two weeks ago I'd have said Brentford would win a two, this two-legged game all day long but I, I just have my doubts now. I think Swansea the yeah. form that Rian Brewster's in I don't think any any player scored more goals than he has since he arrived in the division or at least there wouldn't be many um he's been in an excellent form got another incredible goal yesterday they've got experience Swansea have um players like Routledge who came on and got a brace yesterday they've got those players that have got experience of the playoffs. Um, so, yes, the, the more I think about it, the more I lean towards Swansea. Um, I still, I think, I think my head says, my head says, um, Brentford will win this, but the playoffs are the playoffs. And uh, I've just got a gut feeling that Swansea might come out on top, you know. Um, it's going to be a really interesting one to watch. That, as ever, the first leg of both of these games is going to be huge. Um, yeah, I think it's, I'm going to sit on the fence a little bit, but I, I have a feeling to favour Swansea, but, you know, Brentford are the best team. They really should be getting through this too late. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what your views are on this one. Same as you. I look at Brentford and think they're the best team. Um, as good as West Brom, maybe should have gone up on, you know, another year they would have gone up. Um, some fantastic talent. It's just those two losses in a row makes you doubt them because... I think out of those two games, it's okay losing one, but losing at home to Barnsley, you know, not taking nothing away from them. I really thought, like you, that have got a reaction and, and that have won quite comfortably. Um, and Swansea are obviously 
<laughs> they'll have a huge confidence boost after that 4-1 win and finishing in that sixth spot. So I've said it already in this episode, but they're quite evenly matched based on form. And we know form is key in the playoffs. Um, so I am going to still stick with Brentford just simply because of the talent up front, the Embuemo, you know, Watkins, Ben Rama. I think Ben Rama is probably my player of the season. He's, he's been unbelievable. Uh, and if Brentford don't go up via the playoffs, then he, he, he may move on. Uh, but yes, I'll probably just choose Brentford. But I can see where you're yeah. coming from. And yeah, it's, it's what, such, such what, a funny one. One one thing to mention before we move on to the next one is Brentford have lost 13 games in the regular season, more than the other three teams. Right, so that's okay. the most losses out of the four teams. So in the playoff situation, uh, we, as we talk about draws on this podcast a lot, but being able to manage games and, and avoid defeats and turn them into draws is quite a quite a useful thing in the playoffs. So take that. Into, I think with Brentford, they're either incredible or they can lose. Like they, they don't seem nine yep. draws in the reg, regular season is um. Se- joint second fewest, um, so got the fewest draws, and then it was uh, Leeds, Brentford, Luton, and Hull. So mm. they, they're not; they seem to have an issue managing games a little bit. Um, and 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 in the last two weeks, it was managing a situation of getting into those top two. They knew the situation ahead of them, and managing that situation, they couldn't do it. So I have doubts about their game management. Um, Whereas Swansea yesterday, you saw their game management. They the players kept going over to the bench. I think even after the fourth goal, and Andre Ayew ran over to the bench to check what the situation was. They seem to be a lot better at it. So I, I think Brentford on talent, but I think mentality-wise and, and ability to manage the time might be Swansea. So yeah, difficult to call. Yeah, I'm on the flip side of that. I understand exactly what you're saying, but I'm also looking at goal difference. Swansea plus nine, Brentford plus 42, scoring 80 goals this term. I'm still going to just go for Brentford, but I expect it to be tight. Do you want to preview and predict Cardiff versus Fulham and your winner from those two legs? Yeah, the Fulham one yeah, is interesting. Um, Fulham-Cardiff, I think we've spoken of Cardiff a lot on this podcast. Uh, they're a team I expect to get promoted before the season. So they've got a chance of that. But but um, Fulham, when we saw them playing as West Brom, Brentford and Leeds a few weeks ago, they, they seemed to struggle to manage those games and sort of had a bit of an inferiority compa- uh, complex in those games, which is a bit of a worry going into the playoffs. But then they beat um, they beat Cardiff a couple of weeks ago, which would give them a bit of um, momentum going into this one and confidence. They also beat Forest, who are a team that they would probably have been expecting in the playoffs. Who were not there, um. So they they've beaten, although they didn't beat um the top three teams when they played them recently. They sort of beat everybody else that we're now talking about as playoffs, um, in the playoffs. So they've got the, you know, you've got to favour them in that regard. They've just got Mitrovic, um, they've got the goal scoring ability. Although they scored fewer than Cardiff in the regular season, um, Mitrovic, we just know he can he can turn up um any day and score a hat trick. He's Finished as the, the top scorer in the regular season, and he's gonna gonna want to to get a few more in the playoffs. I think that they've also got that experience of winning the playoffs. Cardiff went up automatically when they did a few seasons ago, um, whereas Fulham went for up through the playoffs. They've been in, I think they've been in playoffs um, many other seasons as well when we've been covering this podcast. So um, they've got a lot more experience, um, and Neil Harris has never been in the playoffs uh, the championship playoffs either nor Scott Parker but I just think there's more experience in that Fulham team so 
I think I'm going to favour them. Although I think I'll be hoping for a Cardiff win, just because I, I think I prefer <laughs> the team that I've been tipping all along to to get into this position. So I'm going to going to continue yeah. backing them. Um, but I think it's it's most likely we're going to see a, a West London derby in the playoff final. But there are hopes for the Welsh team. I wouldn't count either one of them out. It's it's looking like a real real close close one. I, I can't call who's going to win these. I can make a case for any one of these four teams to go up. Um, but yeah, I think Fulham should ha- should have the experience and the quality to, to win this one. Yeah, for sure. It is difficult. I see this one quite evenly matched as well. Cardiff have been a, a great side since Harris has come in and, and deserve to finish fifth. And we have talked them up this season. Uh, but yeah, Fulham... I don't know, I'm just thinking with the experience of a couple of years ago, they'd managed to do it at Wembley. That will probably help. I know Jukanovic was in charge of that day and, and, and Parker's not had that experience there as yet. But yeah, I think Mitrovic may, is just, uh, you, you've, you've touched on him and I think he may just be key. Having a player like that, just one given moment in, in a game like this, he scored 26 times this season. Um, he could be the difference. So I'm just going to tip Fulham. Uh, but final question for you, out of those four teams, if you had to pick one team to go up via the playoffs, are you going to stick with Cardiff or now's your chance to change it? <laughs> you know what, I think I'm going to go with Fulham. I, I just think <laughs> experience is so important. Um, mm. I've, and especially their recent form as well. Beating Cardiff recently. Beating Nottingham Forest, obviously not in the playoffs, but again, it's that type of playoff game that they were involved in then. Um, and um, I think in the games they played against Leeds, um, the Leeds and the Brentford games, especially that they played at the beginning of restart, they they had periods in those games that they perhaps should have done better in. Um, and it was just silly mistakes that cost them in the end. I, I think they're the team that I'm going to slightly favour, but it's impossible. It's really like a, it's like a, for me, it's like a 30, 30, 20, 20 chance. It's so difficult yeah. to split these, these four teams. Um, it's going to be really exciting. A uh, few matches um, to watch. I'm, I'm really excited for them. Um, but yeah, Fulham for me. Just just one more comment on Mitrovic. Yeah, he's the one that could win, win for them these playoffs. He's also the, player that could potentially lose them. You wouldn't be surprised in a week's time we're talking about Mitrovic headbutting a player mm. uh, and getting himself sent off. It, he's that type of that type of person. Um, but yeah, I think Fulham are the ones for me. That experience I think is going to be key. Um, really key, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think if I had to choose one team, I'm going to go with Fulham, but I'm also going to put it out there that the winner between Cardiff and Fulham will be the one that wins the playoffs. I think that's the best way for me to uh, express myself of, of who I think will go up this season. Uh, but unfortunately, unfortunately, um, that's that for this episode, Jake. So if you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you, now would be a good time. Yeah, thanks for listening. A uh, bit of a longer show, but um, hopefully it was worth it. We covered all the teams. Uh, we will be back, I'm sure, in the next few weeks to cover the playoffs. I'm also on the Premier League show at EPR Roundtable on Twitter. You can get me on Twitter at JakeJagman2N and I post anything I uh, do on that. Yes, it's certainly been a great season, uh, which went down to the final day. Um, so again, congratulations to those teams who were promoted and commiserations to those teams who went down. But the season's not quite over. Like Jake said, we will probably be touching on the playoff final. So I've been your host at Lewis Shackshaft, but remember to follow the show at Championship Pod, where we post each show to our, to our pin tweet. Um, we want to thank you all for listening, as always, and we will catch you next time.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.